Welcome back into the Irish NFL show. We are just under three weeks away from the start of the new NFL business year, and that comes with free agency and a crazy period. The NFL tampering period is due to start Monday, the 13th of March, and one team to have a lot of cast base, 94.4 million, I believe, is the Chicago Bears. They've also got the number one pick in the draft, so what a good time to start talking about the Bears and what they're going to do this off-season free agency and the draft. I'm delighted to be joined by Noel Downey, from the Irish Bear Show. Noel, you're very welcome into this Irish NFL Show podcast special. Thanks for that, Brian. I appreciate you being on. And uh, being on. And just want to say thanks a lot for uh, for having me here and just congratulations to you guys for all the, the Super Bowl coverage you boys put in. It was, it was fantastic to see an Irish show trying to get that much coverage. It was, it was great to see. So congrats on that. Thanks very much, Noel. It kind of feels weird. Like we're, only, we're not even a couple of weeks out from the Super Bowl and we're already talking about um, the combines coming up and Every table will be there in, in Indianapolis and then obviously free out to see before we even get into the draft talk. It's a bit weird, a bit surreal coming off a Super Bowl because for the likes of, and I don't mean this in a bad way, for the likes of Bears fans and other teams that high up for the draft, they've been focusing on the off-season for quite some time. How did you enjoy the end of the season and the fans? I suppose the end of the season for the Bears. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things. <clears throat> At that point, I was just focusing on the future. You know, at that stage, I mean, as the season was going on and it was getting worse and worse, I know a lot of people started maybe kind of their minds drifting toward the future. I was still one of those ones that was, oh, I want to win. Every week I want to win. Who knows what can happen? And those last maybe three games, it's just like, right, we're, we're going to be up there now. We're probably going to be second or third in the draft. So let's start looking at the, you know, future potential draft picks and where we could be. And, you know, in terms of the Bears as a whole, there's a lot of restructuring going on. It's, it's, it's a rebuild, essentially. The way I kind of look at it was last season was cleared out the dead wood. This year feels like year one of the rebuild. So from from an Irish Bears show perspective, it's fantastic. We have kind of so much to talk about now, as you say, number one pick and so much money in free agency and kind of just focus on that and start start digging into uh, the draft. <clears throat> Sorry, a lot earlier than I probably would have years before. You know that kind of way? Yeah, it might be worth it kind of telling you a little bit about, about the Irish Bears show. The Irish NFL show, of course, every team as best we can throughout the course of the season, but the Irish Bears show was focused on one team only, and that's the team which is all sport and love. The Irish Bears show, do you want to give a little bit of a, uh, feedback on, on the show and how things are progressing? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, the show is going really well now at the moment. Um, we've been running, I think it's just over, it's coming up to two years probably now, the show is running. It was actually started by... Um, Kieran and Anthony, for anybody who's watched the show, they'll, they'll know what those guys are. And then as it's kind of gone on, I think the seven of us there now have kind of slowly, they've added and added to the to the kind of presenter core. Uh, and look, it's, it's, a, it's a mix. We're just Bears fans from all over the world. We have, you know, us guys in Ireland. We have someone in Scotland. We have a number of guys then in America who are in Chicago itself. And we've kind of all met online. And I'd say Ant and Kieran started the show and kind of brought us in, we came together and been going really, really well now, speeding them. And you say, as a Bears fan, so much to talk about at the moment. There's so many interesting things. And, you know, I think we're kind of ramping up now with our free agency and our draft kind of stuff. And we have a good following. You know yourself what it's like when comment section and on Twitter, you have that kind of core following, which is a great group of kind of people who follow us and are always there. And, Think we're growing at a good pace as well now so I think as this season comes in we'll just have limitless content there should be so many things to talk about so for the show as a whole it's just great to be able to kind of progress that way 
I think it's great and a true test of the work in which you all do on the show is the fact that it is dedicated to just one team. And we've seen other shows through the course of the years, NFL related, where teams, you know, it's just folks on one team. I think we're fortunate that we can cover all various angles, but for years. But again, as you said, the Bears have so many talking points at the moment. It's, I think back to weeks yet, to last week of season, and I know we would have joked about it off camera at the time when we were discussing it around the celebrations in Soldier Field and in the Bears when the, when the Bears finally realised they were going to be the number one pick. And um, as well, it can't be understated the fact that how important that is because it really puts a lot of leverage on the Bears in terms of what they do with this number one pick. Um, we're going to get into the, the whole Justin Fields talk in a minute, but the fact that the sense of the app total control of what they do is, is quite significant and for a GM who's as you said is only kind of really getting to getting to do the job properly now because he had to do so much work in terms of unfolding everything that he was, he was left to take on last year now all of a sudden it really does feel like this is a really significant time in the Bears history. It does because the, the Bears organisation as a whole over the last couple of years seems like it's starting to make forward steps even in terms of the structure you know, we had the owner and we had the president and, and Ted Phillips and we wondered who does Ryan Paul or sorry, Ryan Pace, who does Ryan Pace talk to, who evaluates Ryan Pace? Is there another is there enough football people in the building to where, you know, they can come together and make the right decisions? But then obviously last year we bring in Ryan Poles. And then for the first time Ryan Ryan Poles brought in an assistant GM in Ian Cunningham, who himself, I think, was up for a number of GM jobs this offseason and I think maybe even turned one down. So in that kind of structure, that was good because it looks like the Bears are going in the right direction off the field. And then Ryan Poles on the field, he made some big decisions last year. Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and, and Quinn and getting rid of players like that. So it feels like he has a plan. But now, for the first time, it feels like the Bears as a whole have a direction they're going in. And to have the number one pick this year, you never want to start a season thinking we're going to have the number one pick. That, that's not what a team wants. But just in this kind of phase of what we call the rebuild, I suppose, it's good to be in this position to, to start this off that way because the Bears have so many holes. Chances are they're not picking number one. So if they can get a good haul for number one, you're talking about a few extra picks to maybe continue that kind of build and, and get a few extra players in to, to go forward. And, and hopefully it's the start of a more, what would you say, a consistently good team rather than the kind of the Bears team we've, inconsistent we've seen up and down over the last number of years it would be nice now if this could be the start of something that's a kind of consistently upward team that is hopefully going to challenge in maybe two and three seasons I think the beauty of the NFL is it doesn't have to be two or three seasons we've seen teams even with limited cap space over the last year managed to you know turn things around quickly you touched on Keneal Mack trade yeah, Robert Quinn was obviously trade as well Roquan Smith but that's resulted in five picks in the top 150 in the draft today, but before we get to the draft, I just want to discuss two teams, which um, one obviously I kind of called out at the start of the show. They are number one in terms of cap space, 94.4 million. Um, I'd be right in saying that you call it out off according that that's the number at the moment, you know, come mid March when pre engine really kicks off. You're going to see some players released in the coming weeks. We didn't see one of the the, the pack or sorry, the Bears Royals and the Packers released seven or eight players this week, so that's going to come in time. Um, but the Justin Fields piece is an interesting one. I just, you know, I want to get your thoughts on this because we spoke briefly at the Captain America event recently and I kind of suggested that, you know, is a Justin Fields trade something that would be considered? And I know it was, it's been shot down by yourself and had a number of Bears fans. And lately, Mike Tannenbaum, who 
to be honest, like the people I'm going to call out are genuinely the same. I keep pushing the pushing the envelope on the narrative. So I'm not sure how much substance is really in there, but he keeps continuously pushing out that he's heard at the senior ball that the Bears are willing to trade Justin Fields, and you have Jason Lackenfor coming out recently saying the same thing. From a Bears perspective, like where do you sit with that? It, like, is it one that you're saying I don't want it, I don't get it? If it was to come about, I'd understand. Bearing in mind where the Bears are and what they want to do in terms of the long term longevity of success and the fact that you've got two or three quarterbacks coming in this draft that everybody would have an opinion on every GM every coach and staff that's so maybe Ryan Bowles isn't adverse to thinking the better fit is to have a different quarterback coming in the long term because this would be the right time for the Bears to potentially look on the opportunity to see what they get from teams who are quarterback needy such as the Colts such as the Panthers uh, and the Texans even. yeah well look as you point out it's a, that's not a move I want to see the Bears make but at the end of the day, Ryan Pauls is a GM, and if he's not considering it, he's not doing his job. He has to look at everything. Now, look, we all know there's a lot of GMs and head coaches out there that like to have their own quarterback. You know, Justin Fields is somebody else's quarterback, and there are a lot. There's a school of thought to say that you know certain GMs and um, head coaches they want their guy in there. So could Ryan Pauls be looking at it and thinking maybe Bryce Young has the the talent that he could be his guy, and they could move Justin Fields out and get picks for him? Look, it, it's it's something he has to think of because that's his job. But for me personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I think from everything I've read and people we've interviewed and talked to, they do seem to be in on Justin Fields. They they do seem to to see the potential that you know that he has going forward. And look, we saw what he done on the ground. That that's amazing. That's not what they want from him every season. They don't want Justin Fields getting a thousand yards and and threatening to break the the QB rushing record. They want him going through the air and. I, I do believe working with Luke Getzey, I think that will be the next step this year. Uh, Chase Claypool came in. I think he'll have an expanded role this season in the offense. But in terms of like the draft, for me, the best options are maybe trade back. The one I want to do is I want to trade back with the Colts, maybe get the number four and maybe still get someone like a Jalen Carter to come in there because we know how important that three tech is for a, a Matt Eberflus defense. And that's what I'm hoping will happen. Now, look, who knows? I Nobody knows what the GM is thinking. Nobody knows what the head coach is thinking. The Bears will have their own evaluations on players. But for me, the only, I don't, I was going to say, I don't get all this Justin Fields talk. I do get it. It brings in clicks. I, I get that. But I don't seriously understand how people genuinely think he needs to be kind of shipped out. Um, but look, t- time will tell. As you said, we all guess what the Bears will do, but at the end of the day, Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and their staff will sit down and they'll work out what's best for them. I'm just hoping that involves Justin Fields in Chicago and they make that next step, you know, with him there. I suppose there's like, in, he looks fantastic. You watch the highlight reels and it's unbelievable. And you touched on it, the amount of plays he's done with his feet on the ground and how explosive he can be. And then you look at numbers. And again, I'm sure you're going to give me valid reasons as to why the numbers are, are poor. Like he's, I think he had one game last year where he didn't throw for over 100 yards. I think he only had four games where he threw for, for over 200 yards. And like I saw a comment last week. I think he was averaging around 150 yards. Some some quarterbacks are doing 150 yards in a quarter. Never mind in a game. But like you also have to bear in mind and recognize, and I'm sure you're going to come to is that where the Bears are from a, from a, from a roster standpoint. I mean, the offensive line last year was really... It's really poor. It's been, it's been quite poor for quite a number of years, and I know Roddy Reef is uh, Roddy Reef is due to leaving free agency. Like just the holes for me coming into free agency. Like is that where you think the Bears will try to factor 
predominantly most of their free agency opportunities and they had to go in and trying to have this offensive line completely rebuilt again to give Justin Fields the opportunity as you said to to go out there and be more expansive in the throne game because you look at Jane Horton maybe 18 months ago like they're not too far off now how they put their style of play and 18 months ago people were saying can James Horton show the ball and, you know he's, he's accuracy he's not there but now we're looking at a guy that if he hadn't been for a late defeat in the Super Bowl would have been the MVP of the, of the, of the Super Bowl yeah, no, look, the offensive line, I mean, we started in the, in the couple of years I've been doing the Irish Bears show, you know, the offensive line has been one of the biggest conversations in the offseason we've had over, you know, each, each year. Like, it does not be a lot of work done on that. I think what gives us kind of hope is Ryan Poles was an offensive lineman. Uh, he actually was at the Bears briefly. Uh, and then in Kansas City, he was there when when, when Kansas revamped that whole O-line in an offseason after the, the Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes found himself in trouble. And I think that it's definitely not the only reason, but that is a big reason why Justin Fields at times is running for his life. That old Ryan just wasn't right. Um, I think we are going to see kind of some big changes on that. I absolutely see them going for a right tackle. Who it'll be? I don't know, but they absolutely need one. Fortunately, Larry Borum didn't really seem to have a great season and, and maybe he's someone that will be looked to be replaced. For me, I think they need a new centre. Um, we've had Mustafa there, brought in Lucas Patrick last season. Fortunately, injuries kind of kept him out. And when he came in, he came in at guard because he had a cast on the hand and he couldn't go centre. But I'm just not sold on him. And for me, I'd like to see a centre go in there. I know a number of people think he'll be the starting centre this year. I'm hoping not. We'll see how that goes. A lot of people think Cody Whitehair at left guard is going to be replaced. I think he's being paid this season at probably the eighth highest paid guard in the, in the league or somewhere around that, which certainly is not that. So there's a lot of talk. Maybe people think he could be shipped out. Somebody like Powers coming in from the Ravens has been talked about. I know Ant on the show recently put a video out there about Ben Powers and why he thinks he should be the guy to come in, which I would agree a lot with that. So it's gone. The, the offensive line confuses me every year. I don't know what they're going to do, but I know they're going to do a lot. Uh, we had Braxton Jones playing left tackle. It was a fifth-round pick last year, which kind of surprised people. And I think he probably done better than people give him credit for. I know he was voted into the uh, the All-Pro rookie team. Um, so there's a question whether or not he'll stay left tackle or will they bring in a left tackle and he could maybe go to right tackle. So it's going to be interesting to see what they actually do in the end to fix it. But I do expect there will be at least three new players on that O-Rime when we go into the new season. Essentially, it's a bit like Chiefs years ago they basically built a brand new offensive line from ours two or three years later and, and that's yeah and as I say Ryan Poles was there at that point so we're hoping as an offensive lineman himself who was there during that time you know maybe he is the guy and Ian Cunningham as well I think is uh, was an old lineman as well if I'm correct so we kind of have hope that these guys they know what they're looking at they know what they're doing and they'll have been working on this in the back of their minds for months planning on what they want to do so hopefully next season we can stop talking about this offensive line because at times it was look you don't want to you can't say that Justin Fields is completely blameless in in the way the season went passing but a lot of it goes onto that O line and and his receivers as well. But if you can get that O line fixed up front and you can give him more time, then that just that just opens up a lot more possibilities for him to make plays and maybe for the receivers then to to make a few catches. But again, look, we'll see. There's a lot of work on the Bears to get to that point, but we'll see what they actually do. Yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the receivers. You, you know, you got there on Mooney, you touched on Chase Claypool earlier on him potentially getting 
any more expansive role next season. Were you taken aback by how, what's an unpolite word, I wouldn't say limited boy. He didn't really set the ground, he hit the ground running when he came in. He was, and again, again, you can put it down to how the offense was playing, but the, like towards the back end of the season, they did put up significant points, and a lot of it was on the back of Justin Fields running for touchdowns. Chase Sacral didn't seem to have a lot of action. Um, is that a concern, or is it just a case of next season we should see the true player that we saw in, in, at the Steelers early on in his career? Yeah, no, I think what you said there. Next season we should see the, the, the true player. I mean, we said this, we talked about it obviously on the show when it happened, and we were excited about it. We like he's a big body guy. He's he's fast. You know, he can go up and get the ball. But we did say, and I think we all said it, this isn't for this season, as in last year. This is for next season. There's a lot to be done, you know. I mean, even the offense that Lugetti runs, by all accounts, it's not an easy offense for a wide receiver to come in for six or seven games and to get it down. Now, I know the first game he played, Miami, they, they forced the ball to him a lot. And we got a couple of pass interference calls, you know, which was good. Showed, you know, he could go up there for it and defenders were a bit worried by him. And then they did seem to go away from him a bit. I would have liked to see him get more. But it doesn't worry me because, again, I do genuinely believe that that was a move for next season. And uh, having a few games this year in that offense with Justin Fields, you know, with that scheme will benefit him. And I do expect next season to be a much, much better season for Chase Claypool. Look, if, if it goes next season like it did this season, then it's a worry, especially considering the pick that they gave for him essentially ended up a first-round pick given the Dolphins lost their pick and it would have been the 32nd pick. So you essentially gave up a first-round pick. I'm not worried about that now. I do think he will come good. But again, this is where Ryan Pauls makes the big decisions and he'll be judged down the line for that. But for me, it's, it's a pick for next season and I'm, I'm actually excited to see how he does develop as that time goes on. You made a great point there around the fact that you're bringing in a player on, on the uh, trade deadline day and essentially and asking to completely revisit a brand new offense, offense which is was inconsistent at the best times, you know, with the exception of maybe fans and what he was doing. So I jump on the defense because I was looking at some numbers this week and 88 players a season in the NFL defense, so you have five sacks and, and not one Bears player is, is in there. Now, Chris fans can point to Tradeaways, which is Robert Quinn and, and you know, Cleo Mack, obviously, you know, last, last offseason. As Mel Rockwell Smith, who was obviously been a significant player, and there was that kind of back and forth talk during the offseason that he wanted to trade away, and the Bears were, were playing, you know, playing a game in terms of trying to, you know, close him out with a contract and non-attempt. They obviously went ahead, gave game, game that, game that wish in terms of the trade to Baltimore. So there was a big drop off, and you look at the games towards the back end of the season, the Bears. We're in so many high-scoring games, and they're in a lot of games up to the last quarter, which is why people kind of feel that the fields with the with the field was where with the game, or his up fields wasn't in the position to win it. But the Bears' defense gave up so many points in a lot of games. I think maybe with the exception of the game against the Eagles, funny enough, they played really well in that one. And like the Bills game late in the season, they played really well for one half, and then they just completely folded in the second half. Is there a monumental amount of needed on the on the defense as well? Are we going to see Ryan Paul's kind of consider? Offense priority one, the defense priority two, or is it going to be a mix and match and try balancing on out to make sure that they have a defense and offense which can, which can both be competitive come the new season? They have a lot of work to be done on that defense. It is, it's it's mainly up front. Look, we, we talked about the all line on the offense, and you know, we talked about up front is where you win games on offense and defense, and it's, it's the same for our defense. It's the D line. We got zero pressure. The Bears had 20 sacks last season, which was rock bottom in the NFL. 
I think the Falcons were second with bottom of 21 and then the next team had 27 or 28. You know, that's not good enough. Our sack leader was rookie safety, Jaquan Brisker. That's not good enough. You know, um, it's, it, yeah, no, there's a lot of work. It's, and it's, it's that defensive line up front where I think you're going to see, you're going to need at least four players, five players coming in there. And that's why when it comes to the draft, for me, I'm in favor of Jalen Carter. Again, just because that's such an important position for the Matt, Eberfl- Matt Eberflus defense. But I know a lot of people are looking at Will Anderson out on the edge. But I'll be happy with either one. But I do feel we definitely need to get one or the other. I mean, I've seen today that uh, Deron, Deron Payne got franchised by the commanders, which is a shame. I was kind of hoping the Bears would make a move for him. Also, because I put out a video yesterday saying the Bears should be signing Deron, uh, Deron Payne. And then he was franchised today, so... That kind of got me there. But yeah, look, up front, I mean, at, at the back end in the secondary, I'm happy enough. You know, Eddie Jackson will be some question marks coming back off an injury at 29, but he had such a good season last season. It'll be good to see how he he does. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, I was really, really impressed with that safety. Not perfect. He, he made his mistakes, but he's a rookie. You know, the same with Kyler Gordon at cornerback. He's a good player. You know, I think they messed him about a little bit. They didn't just have him on the outside. They had him playing inside as well. And that's a lot for a rookie to take on. But Jalen Johnson is there, who is a good player. He was probably going to be looking for a new contract. But we probably will get one this season. But for me, we're not too bad on the secondary. Linebackers, we need to bring in a few. We found Jack Sanborn, the undrafted rookie, who came in when Rocco Smith went and was phenomenal. He was, he was brilliant. So hopefully that's a piece they maybe weren't sure they would have or not that they now have. But it, it's up front. If you don't get pressure up front, then everyone else behind you is in trouble because they're all then under pressure from the guys up front not getting there. And that's where I see I see the Bears working mostly on both lines, O-line and D-line. And that's where they need to work on because that's where that's where it begins. That's where you win games from. One positive enough there you called it was the number of rookies to contribute. And it kind of gets washed away at times because of the poor record and how a team finishes the season with terms of their results and you know, where they appear on the, the draft board, but you've called in five or six players that have all contributed in a good way, you know. So you, you obviously huge step up from players um, in their second year of the league. So if you mix it up between players that are contributing in the second year with a new rookie class and a, and a sizable amount of players coming in within, within free agency, and that's what, on the free agency, like, you see, we've seen it in the past with various different GMs across the league. They go absolutely bonkers come free agency if they, you know if, if they've got 67 million to play with look we saw last year and it, look it worked for the Jags last year like I keep taking the Jags last year and the contract they gave Christian Cork and he had a really productive season they made the playoffs they got to the divisional round it was a really strong season and they're a case in point with a, with a young quarterback coming out of the draft similar to Fields and they haven't been top 10 obviously he was number one and generational quarterback as they say but it can work but the long-term effects of spending all that money tends not to work because two or three years later they're cash trapped and they can't do anything. Do you expect to see a controlled environment with my balls or is it a case of, here we go, I've been waiting for this opportunity, I'm going to go. And now, fairness, you touched on the amount of holes that have to be filled, but within reason, you can't go spending every single penny that's there. Yeah, I mean, look, we have such a small sample size on Ryan Paul's at the moment, but I like what he says. And looking at what he did last year, he kind of backed up what he said, you know, GMs can say what they want, but it's their actions that then speak loudest when you see what they do. And he did. I mean, the whole Roquan Smith saga was the Bears had a number in mind. Like Every NFL team wants to re-sign their top draft players. You know, they don't want to be bringing in free agents. They want to re-sign the guys they drafted. 
And Rokon Smith was somebody, a big, big name in Chicago, well-loved in Chicago, excellent, excellent player. But the Bears had a number, and Rokon Smith wanted more than that number, and they didn't come together. Now, people can say Poles is right, people can say it was wrong, and, and time will tell on that. The Ravens obviously felt it was worth that number, they gave it to him. But I love that Ryan Poles said, no, this is, this is what we want, this is what we have, and this is what we give. Now, you can take this, or we're just going to have to move on. And I love that because it shows the confidence. He knows what he wants. And he has the control to not just say, oh, this is Roquan Smith, first round draft pick. Everyone loves him. Take the money, take the money. He didn't. And he could have structured it in a way because knowing we have so much money coming up, he could have done it. But he didn't. He obviously felt an off-ball linebacker was not worth 20 million a year. And he stuck to his guns and they made that move. And that just gives me confidence that he knows what he's doing. Or at least he has a plan for what he wants to do. Now, we'll see again how that goes. The Bears are in a unique situation. They have the most cap money. They have to spend it because they are below the minimum spend at the moment. You know, the Bear over three-year period, uh, NFL teams have to spend specific percentage of their their wage cap, the, the, the salary cap. The Bears are way, way below that. So they have money this year, and they to a point, they actually have to spend it. So we are going to see some money spent. But I do believe the Bears and Ryan Powell's are going to be, they've said it, they're not going to be crazy with it. I do believe he will give out contracts that he believes are worth giving out. Now look, it's free agency. Teams and agents know the Bears have this money. They're going to push. Obviously they are. And the whole nature of free agency is there are certain players that if you want them, you're going to overpay. That's what that's the way the game is. That's what happens. But I don't think they're going to go crazy. I think they, they will have a structure within what needs to be done. And I'm confident that they would happen again. We've only one off season to go off. This is a different kettle of fish when he has such a, he can sit there and look at this big number of money in front of him and think, I have this big bag here to spend. That will be interesting to see how he performs under that. But I, I do trust what he's doing so far. And it's, it's going to be interesting now to see if he does stick to that going forward. And we'll find out in, as you say, two, three weeks when, when we get that legal tampering period. That's a really interesting point and I wasn't aware of that, the fact that they're they're underneath that kind of spend threshold for the leagues in the league. So essentially you'd be encouraged to spend, but again, he has to. Because if you don't, as far as I know, people watching can correct me, if you don't make up that number and spend what you need to spend, you are then fined whatever that gap is between what you've spent and what you should have spent. And someone can correct me and tell me if I'm wrong on that. But that's the way I understand it. So why wouldn't you just spend that money on someone rather than paying it as a fine, you know, Again, people will correct me if, if I've got that wrong. That's the way I think it works. So yes, they, he has to spend. We are going to see the Bears spend money and they need it because there are so many holes. Like, you know, it, it just has to be spent. You touched on the tag there. You, you, you alluded to the to, uh, the Washington pair, Washington Commanders pair that's been tagged, which I'm quite surprised really because the time of recording the tag uh, only overlooked yesterday after 7th of March. So it's kind of strange in a way to see a team being so, you know, <laughs> They couldn't even give my video one day before they went and ruined it. One day. They must have they must have, they must have thought about they must have saw my video and thought, right, let's do it. But is there anyone who at the Bears is there any particular players now that is are in the tag situation with the Bears? Do you see the Bears potentially franchising anybody right now? Or is there any particular player that's a concern that you, that was you looking at peers coming in that they could end up leaving? I know. I don't I don't see that kind of situation arising again. People can jump in and tell me, oh, maybe I'm wrong. This is I don't see that situation situation arising at the moment. Um 
you know, there's a few players that will be up there for contracts this year, but there's nobody now out of contracts that I think they'll be scrambling to keep and and they'll and who wants kind of who wants to go or whatever. No, so I don't see that situation this year. Um, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of drama with the Bears this year, but a franchise kind of saga isn't going to be one of them. Which is a relief because the tag is detrimental for a lot of teams, but then again, teams tag players with the view to signing contracts for the Gelden Oil and that doesn't materialise and they get traded come, come the summer. Um, the draft, so just out there, five picks in the, in the first 150, um, Bears picking one. I did have a kind of an air of the, the Texans didn't mind losing that game at the end of the season because, sorry, didn't mind winning because um, they know essentially the Bears are probably going to be out with a quarterback to come one and they could still get the guy they wanted to. But they have left themselves in a position where it's a risky one because as you touched on, uh, we touched on earlier in the show, the Colts are in desperate need of quarterback, the Panthers are in desperate need of quarterback, the Texans, if they sit tight, will get a quarterback um, of, of some sort, whether it's Young or when it's Stroud. Um, from from what you're hearing from people you've interviewed, how realistic is the thing that the Bears will will trade out? Do you think it's a scenario and how far do you think they will go? I mean, like, you see the Panthers there, I think I can't recall, I guess eight or nine. Like, for me, the Colts, like, yeah, the Colts for me are the, the idea of fit. You touched on that earlier with Uber for like, he has the relationship from his time in, in Indianapolis, so it just seems to make a lot of sense. Jim, Jim, um, the owner, Jim is, is right, is right. Has been very vocal here's the vocal in terms of we need to get a quarterback soon. And they brought an offensive boy and it just it just looks so obvious enough the trade that's that's there in the offing, but and you were what are you what are you believing on the show? Yeah, look there's a lot to talk about this. And for one, I take it all with a pinch of salt because none of us know what the Bears want to do. It's it's very early in, in terms of that, like but I mean I think Anyone you talked to would be very surprised if the Bears don't try down. Nobody really sees the Bears picking at number one, and, and I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, for me, as I said earlier, the ideal one for me is a trade with the Colts, which keeps you in the top four, and then you can get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, whichever one for me is Carter, but I, I'm happy with either one. But again, who knows if that's the case. Maybe the Bears look at Carter and, and Anderson and say, you know, they're good players, but they're not. Aaron Donald players are not can't miss you know that kind of they're not that kind of player maybe they don't see them being worth you know a top four or five pick maybe they see trading down to as you say the Panthers getting a boatload of picks and then you still maybe get someone like a Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy as a pass rusher who are also they're not Will, Will Anderson but they are good pass rushers maybe the Bears see that so it's it's, it's hard to tell Ryan to be honest I don't want to see them drop down far I don't think I guess they will drop down far you know, but it's hard to say. Now, the Colts are interested because as Chris Ballard came out recently saying he would give whatever he had to to get the, the guy he wanted, that quarterback. Obviously, Ballard used to be at the Bears and was up for the GM job there, and he's got close ties. As you say, Iberflus has close ties. And Jim Irsay tweeted last week a picture of him sitting as a child sitting on a bear saying, you know, I've always had good relationship with Bears. So I don't know about the Colts. They feel too desperate to me. It feels too forward. Jim Irsay is talking about quarterbacks who he wants and Chris Ballard is and I'm wondering is this a game are they are they actually that desperate to put it out there or so I don't know it's fascinating though it's it's, it's like the game itself you know it's a, it's a chess match and it's fascinating to see who's going to do what there's even a school of thought that I'm kind of buying into a little bit now maybe the Texans don't go for a quarterback they brought in their new head coach maybe they want to get a defensive stalwart in there and you look at the quarterbacks coming next year there's a couple of really good quarterbacks 
maybe the Texans say, look, if we brought in a coach on a six-year contract, let's get a good defensive player in here. And maybe we're low enough next year to get a, a better quarterback. Now, they probably won't. They probably will go for quarterback while they're there. But still, it's something that could potentially happen. And that's the fun of it all now. Do the Panthers want to trade a boatload to move up to the Bears? Or could the Panthers trade to move up with the Cardinals? And not need to go as high as number one? You know, so it's, the only thing I'm certain of is I do not think the Bears pick number one. And I hope they stay in the top five. But realistically, I have no idea what's going to happen. And maybe over the next few weeks. I mean, like a big thing of that is free agency. What moves are made in free agency? Because suddenly then they fill up holes. That's maybe the Bears get somebody in free agency, Draymond Jones, and they feel like, well, maybe we don't need a draw or Jalen Carter then because Jones can go in and play three tech. Uh, you know, so maybe they pick up a pass rush. They don't need Anderson. So maybe they drop down and they look at a cornerback because we could do it another cornerback. Or maybe they want a wide receiver. So, you know, it's 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 kind of fascinating what will happen. And you kind of watch that. As I say, I'm really I'm really looking forward to free agency because that, that will give us a lot of clues for what happens in the draft. And also because the Bears have to spend in free agency, it should just be fun seeing people coming in the door. So that's it. So, yeah, they won't pick number one. Whatever happens after that, I have no idea. Free agency is obviously a great week. It's like... Uh... The, the race to the bottom or the race to the top who can spend their money the quickest you know it's not like watching Premiership or Deadline Day here where deals are methodical it's like you, you, the announce at 4 o'clock which is 4 o'clock Eastern time 8 o'clock here that week with the time, time change and up some way 9 o'clock there's like 15, 20 major deals deals to I'm, I'm glad you said the call so desperate because last week at the press conference um, when the owner was saying oh we'll, we'll trade up if we have to we'll trade up if we have to Chris Ballard quickly realised that he was giving the game away and he went, oh, we'll trade down. <laughs> oh, we'll trade down. That's the thing, Brian, because I watch the things they're saying and I'm like, are they really that desperate or is this a game? Now, we all know Jim Irsay, you know, marches to his own beat there anyway. Like, he's just that kind of guy. But are they that desperate or are they kind of playing about, like, I mean, it's just, it, it is so fascinating. Like, the, the Bears, you hope, are in a good position to get a boatload of picks. Like again, I say maybe Panthers want to move up with the Cardinals and they don't want to pay the price that it takes to go one. But they think if they move up the Cardinals, they'll still maybe get one of, say, the three quarterbacks that get talked about a lot. So yeah, it's, it's just going to be fascinating to see how it all kind of plays out. you got the Panthers with an owner like David Tepper who is so impetuous and just wants success immediately. And if he wins six games under Steve Brooks, he's still not the right man for the job. He brings in Fred Boyk. Uh, who's an offensive minded guy so you would that would then to think that they're going to go for a quarterback uh, they really the only way they're going to get that quarterback unless they ha- hold off for Nevis or, or Richardson for Florida so it'd be interesting to see where they go it's it's an interesting time for the Bears and the division itself we're just going to we're going to close out and just quickly just discuss the NFC North itself because the Packers are in a state of flux and it feels like every year you know this time of year we're, we're in in uh, the Aaron Rodgers, I think we all need to go for a dark retreat, a dark <laughs> real performance to stop listening to the Aaron Rodgers sag. But it does have a feeling that says this could be finally the time for the Packers to finally make that move and kid Julian Lewis and give Love there his opportunity a quarterback. Like the Lions for me are the most interesting one outside the Bears in this division because the Lions had a really strong season and they missed out the playoffs unfortunately because of the circumstance of the tie break having lost that game to Seattle earlier in the season in October. Like the Lions have great impetus, and the Vikings, in the end, were kind of—I don't know what can I say—they were frauds. That's probably a bit harsh, but like 
a lot of people questioned how really good they were and they were forced to win so many games by one score and it come to playoffs the Giants said to beat them at their own game which was to be in a position to be to win the game late in the fourth quarter and if, if the Giants came out on the right side of it, like, where do you see this division right now? Is the Lions a team that are ascending in or is it one of those situations where we've seen it before where we think this team is really making the right progress and the right steps only to fall back the final year or is it and, and will the Vikings still be there at top of the division next year or do you see them dropping back or what do you see for the Packers it's a, it's a complete it's a complete you know it looks like a an unfolding of so much there in Green Bay it's it's yeah, it's it's looking like a very interesting division now at the moment. In terms of the Packers, as you say, they look like they've hit a rebuild. I mean, for the first time in 30 years, there's question marks at quarterback. You know, they don't know what's happening there. They've gone from Favre to Rodgers, Hall of Fame to Hall of Fame quarterback, and now suddenly it's Jordan Love the guy. We have no idea. I've never seen much of I haven't seen much of him play, you know, so in the NFL, so I can't tell you that. It'll be fun to find out. I hope he's not, but I'm worried about that. But um, Vikings, yeah, they're, they can do well in, in the regular season, but I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I don't care what people say. When it gets to that crunch time, I don't think he's a guy. And I think that just kind of holds them back a little bit. The lines are fascinating. I mean, I think where are they? Did they have two pits in the first round this year? I think they may be number six, possibly, and they have two pits. They looked so good last year at times. I mean, they have some really, really good players in there. Um, we got the wrong St. Brown um, wide receiver anyway I can study that what uh, I mean yeah I think I think the Lions are set up now in such a good position there was a lot of talk you know the head coach oh, biting knees biting ankles you know he looks that looks ridiculous well now that's starting to turn around there was a lot of talk oh Goff has come in he's not the guy he's going to be rubbish the Lions are desperate for a quarterback but he had a good season last season so that's taking pressure off now they can go for a quarterback this year if they want and have him sit behind them. Or if they don't want it this year, what Goff done last season is enough to say, you know what, you start again this year and they can put that off the next season. So yeah, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see how the division shakes out now because the Bears are going to be a very, very different looking team when this season starts. No idea now what to get, what to expect out of the Packers. I think the Lions were coming good. If they continue that run and they make some good moves with the, the draft picks they have, they could be a problem. And then the Vikings, I think, will always be good in the regular season, but won't kind of have enough to push it over the line in the in the, in the playoffs. So, yeah, I don't know who's going to win the division next year. I'll say the Bears anyway, but, you know, who knows? The Lions have the sixth pick from the Rams, the 18th pick because of where they finished the season, two, two second-round picks. They... And they're set up well. Like, if you watched how they finished the season last year, very, very unlucky, like, not to get to the the playoffs. And they have some good, good, exciting players there. So they have a chance to build on that. And it could be interesting to see what they turn into over the next season or two. And as you say, two first-round picks is, is massive. And if they trade down out of that sixth pick, they could build up a few more picks. And, you know, because it doesn't feel like they're as desperate for a quarterback now as we thought they might have been at the start of the season, if you know what I mean. You know, it's, it's just kind of not a position where they need to worry as much as I thought they would need to worry. And that's kind of given them a bit of breathing space there now. So what they do, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how this division is going to shake out this year. But as long as the Packers are bottom, I'll take it. On that note, we're a good one to finish on. Um, look, it's an exciting time for... It's a bit strange to say that when there's no NFL on. It is an exciting time 
for all fans. It's, it's an all year round thing now, Brian, though, isn't it? It's not a, people think because it's a short season, like in terms of number of games, it's only short. It's just all year round now. As you say, you're literally finishing the Super Bowl and you're talking about, you know, free agency and draft. Like it's just constantly going now, which is great for like yourselves and ourselves to have these kind of things to discuss. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a full year kind of thing now. I think what's great with the NFL is that no matter where your team finishes the season, every fan will obviously point to certainty that the team could do better for the final season. I think the biggest question is standing will be in the in the LCDR, who will be the winner of, of, of the Munich or the Frankfurt uh, conversation? Would it be the Lions coming to Germany to play the Chiefs or would it be the Bears? Uh, for us, I hope it's the Bears because then we get to go and I'll go anyway, but it'd be even better to be there to see Justin Fields and the Bears and, and see you there at the game. Um, thanks for coming on, though. Really appreciate it. Um, you've Probably have the most interesting off-season ahead, so it was a great starting point for this show over the coming weeks in terms of us discussing the teams and the lead-up to free agency to have a Bears narrative on it. So, uh, Noel Dell from the Irish Bears Show. For guys out there who haven't picked up on the Irish Bears Show and want to watch the show, you can check it out at YouTube, Twitter, no, every, every particular social media. Oh, every, everywhere you can social media. You, know, you can get the audio as well. Everywhere you can get audio. Yes, yeah, at Irish Bears Show on Twitter. Uh, yeah, no, look, do check it out. I mean, we, we have a good laugh on there. I say there's a number of us from all over. I forgot to mention Ant, who's in, I said the guy's in Ireland. Ant was in Ireland, but he's in Sweden now. So we have Sweden, Scotland, Ireland, and America. And yeah, it's it's just good fun. And it's just, to be honest with you, Brian, it's a bunch of Bears fans sitting around, you know, talking Bears. Sometimes it's like a therapy session after a bad game. Just come in and, and you know, have a laugh. But yeah, if, if guys want to check us out, please do just kind of pop on, have a look. It won't be a therapy session the week of free agency. The 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 champagne could be not that that would be hard in time. Could be crazy. We'll probably we may even have a drink or two during free agency if we get the players we want. Absolutely. No, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate that, Brian. Thanks for having me on.